Hello everyone and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 44 of the Sports Run On Podcast. Start this podcast by talking about the NBA. The NBA is now at their finals point, in, with Game 1 being tomorrow on Tuesday, with the Phoenix Suns versus the Milwaukee Bucks. No matter what, for these two teams, this is going to be a huge finals game for both of these two teams. This is because of the fact that the last championship that the Bucks were able to secure was in 1971, and the Suns have never actually won an NBA championship. So no matter who wins for these fan bases, this is going to be an absolutely huge accomplishment for these fan bases going forward. As one would be able to get their last, they'd be able to get their first championship in 50 years, and one would be able to get their first championship in the history, which would be the Phoenix Suns. So I think for these two teams, this is going to be this is going to be huge. I, in my opinion, for right now, at least game one, I'm going to probably most likely call it game by game. For game one, I think without a doubt. It's going to be the Suns. I think that they're going to come out with Giannis, with them, with them still not having Giannis. The Bucks are hopeful that they'll be able to get Giannis back in this NBA Finals for him to play in the NBA Finals that he's always wanted to play in, that they've been saying. But I think without him there, the Suns with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, they're just going to have too much firepower going forward as of now to see this be... I would say not say this be a close game, but I'd say that this is not going to be as close as a lot of people would think would be just because the fact that you do still have Chris Middleton, who's a very big scorer for the Bucks, and has really helped them get here. Like, without a doubt, really helped them secure this spot and help them secure, like, this ability to play in these NBA Finals. But with that said, I still think that it's not the Suns are going to be able to take this home just based off the fact of the surefire power, and they still have to, they still have their quote-unquote big three with Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker. While the Bucks did have a big two, but that that was now with one of the one of the players missing with Giannis with his hyperextended knee. Speaking of the Bucks, the team that they were able to knock out in a 4-2 series win over the Atlanta Hawks to be able to get to the NBA Finals, the Atlanta Hawks, the team they were able to beat, has signed Nate McMillan, who was he's he was coaching that series against the Bucks, which they did end up losing four and four to two four games to two games, but they have now signed they've now taken him from being the interim head coach to now being the, the head coach and signed him to a contract going forward as a new head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. I think with this said, this is a great sign for the Atlanta Hawks. I think this is really going to help them going forward because I think he has shown without a doubt going forward that he is really the real deal when it comes to. Just what like what he's able to bring to the table for these for this Hawks these Hawks team as a whole. So I think that signing him going forward for this team is going to be huge for them to be able to really look at a lot of really look at a lot of success going forward. That's my opinion. Some I I just think that he he's shown he's shown a lot, and I think that going forward he is really going to help them really try to step the Hawks up from being like they've already gone to the Eastern Conference Finals, but now you. After that kind of happens, these team, these fan bases, like they're really getting encouraged, and they're looking for that next season to be even bigger, and maybe have a chance at a title berth with Trey Young. And they have been shown, obviously, throughout this season that this is a team that can compete. This is a team that can win series. This is a team that, even if they're on the road for most of these games, they're still going to be able to. They're still going to be able to play very well behind Trey Young. And, and and the others that surround him in this offense. Yes, I know Trey Young in these games was not 100%. So yeah, maybe it would have been a little bit different if there was 100%. But I feel like you can always say that with the NBA playoffs because 
getting down to the end of a season that's been this long and this like kind of like the wear and tear kind of starts to really fade in down at the end in the playoffs. That's why you see some teams not play even close to as well as they did during the during the NBA playoffs as they do going or as in the NBA season as they do in the NBA playoffs just because the wear and tear, the injuries, they have someone for the beginning of the year who they really really have got used to counting on which they don't have in these crucial games. A great example of this would be Trey Young and Giannis. There was a game where neither of them played, so they looked to Chris Middleton and Chris Middleton on the Bucks and Bogdan Bogdanovich and Clint Capella on the Hawks to really pick up that slack because you have to have somebody still scoring those points. You have to get to the... I mean, in today's NBA, this somewhere between 100 and 120, depending on the defense that's being played in this game down at the end, to be able to truly win this game. Or win, win like a, a series, you still had to be able to score. And with those games that they were playing, these these were big game five and game six games that these these two these some of these guys, these guys either both of them are out or, or one of them was out. So without a doubt, Chris Middleton is going to have to for them to be able to secure their first they're they're for them to be able to secure their first title since 1971. He's going to have to go off. Like it's going to be a necessity for him to have to go off to be able to. Really, uh, really help them clinch this title over a really high-powered Suns team. I don't see them. I don't see. I don't see them winning Game One. I, th- I still think they have a chance to win it, especially if Giannis is able to come back and play like he has throughout the season. But it's really looking for Game One. It's going to be the Suns, I think, in this series. Another guy who played in the NBA that, that was also knocked out is Luka Doncic. He has now also made history as he has threw behind a triple double for Luka. Slovenia has now clinched their first Olympic berth in their country's history to go to the Tokyo Olympics this year in July. Well, the, at the end of this month, and then going into next month. So I think that this this is just huge for Luka. I think this shows it's and make it's him and just other NBA stars that have just really helped lift Slo, Slovenia. Excuse me. Who has helped them really kind of make that jump and be able to then get into the Olympic berth? Because this is just like this is huge news for these guys as this really helps Lithuania and Luca's really helped put them on the map. In some case, like he's really helped put that in this entire country. Like I mean, this and he's helped put this entire country on the map for people to then understand. Like hey, I mean, you have Luca, you have these other players, but for these these single countries that aren't the U.S., such as like. Italy and Serbia and Slovenia now they need that they need that NBA star to to get to that Olympic berth because they're not the most of the people who play in the NBA are usually from the US so which is why it's, it makes it very easy to field a USA team and most and a, a, a good amount a good amount of the time a Canadian team not always but a good amount of the time for these Olympics but these teams like Slovenia and Italy and Germany, like these type of teams that aren't like they don't have a bunch of people playing in the NBA, they really count on that single star such as Luca to be able to really help them, like keep going and help them be able to make that berth. And Luca did just that. He did have to make. He did have to have a triple double for them to be able to even get to this point. So yes, they're going to be counting on him a lot. This. Olympics if they want even a chance of having a medal against some of these better teams. But I think just that it's just like that taking that very first step of being able to represent your country in the Olympics for Luca, I think is going to be in, it's going to be great for him. I think it's going to show really put him on the map as like really showing like what he can do not just in the NBA but on a world stage. Another team that's in the finals is the is the NHL. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning against the Montreal Canadiens. The Tampa Bay Lightning have just controlled this series. They've really, like, it's... It, 
I, I was thinking, I, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, I was thinking that I that this was going to be a way closer series for the NHL Finals. I thought the Canadian, I knew the Lightning coming in. Uh, most people, if, if you follow hockey or, or know about hockey in the playoffs, you know that there are some teams that are just usually always there. It's just like any sport. I mean, for the NBA, it's the Celtics and the Lakers. For the NFL, it's Steelers, Patriots. For the NHL, it's the Lightning's up there. The Bruins are up there. Like, the, there are certain teams that are always there, which is why the Lightning being there didn't really surprise anybody. But they, the, it was interesting the Canadians were there because I think I, I thought that they were a good team. That's why they were there. But with that said, it's not literally looking like that's going to be the case because tonight they will be, the Lightning will be looking for a sweep. They have won three straight games against the Canadians, and they will now be looking for a sweep. They won the first two games at home in Tampa Bay and now have won one again in Montreal. So it's really looking like that they're going to... It's really looking like it's going to make it very hard for them to come back. I don't, I don't, I don't even think they're going to be able to win a single game. I think the Lightning have just been their goalie play has been very well, and just overall, they, I feel like they've played as an overall better team than the Canadians have as a whole. So I think that there's no reason that that would change tonight. So I think without a doubt that the that the NHL the Stanley Cup is going to, or the NHL crown is going to be lifted up by the Lightning tonight because I don't know if I don't know if I really th- it doesn't really look at this point like the Canadians can really have enough firepower to be able to go up against the Lightning with with like with they don't have enough star power around or it's not even they don't have enough star power it's just they they they're not playing as well as an an overall team as the Lightning are, which is why they will end up losing. They've lost three straight. So with that said, I, I have the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. I have them sweeping, and I think that they'll be lifting Lord Stanley's Cup tonight. Now moving on to Wimbledon, which is a big po- point in this big point in this month, being one of the biggest tennis tour, if not the biggest tennis tournament in the entire season. The women's it's looking like is completely open with Serena Williams in one of the first couple rounds going down with an apparent le- with going down with a leg injury and and having and not even finishing her game. So on the women's side, I think that it's wide open. I think that it's going to be really a like it's just whoever like with when you have somebody like Serena, like there are just like I was saying about the top teams, there are also top people in like the soul sports such as golf and tennis. Tennis, it's Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer. Rafael Nadal, and then here it's Serena Williams. She was she was always the big one for the women on the women's side of Wimbledon, as she was always going kind of going in as the favorite no matter what. With her now going out early and not even making it to one of the later stages, it really it really leaves the Wimbledon open to a lot of the different women who are going to be playing in this to be able to like really have a chance of Wimbledon without with having that favorite being knocked out of the tournament. Because like in these tournament scenarios, have it be the NBA playoffs, the NFL, no matter what. Whenever you have this team that's just like it's just like people play the odds. Oh, they're gonna be there at the end, and something like they either get injury prone or as a team they get knocked out in the first or second round, like the top pick, like the the top seeds. It really leaves it open, and it gives it gives a lot of hope to these people who were lower down because they're not going to have to face Serena Williams. They they're still going to have to face very good competition cuz obviously it's Wimbledon. But they're going they're still going to it's not going to be Serena Williams. It's going to be somebody who is a lower rank. It's going to be someone who's a lower standing in Wimbledon at that time. It doesn't make them any worse, but it's just it, they're going to be a lower seed making it, without a doubt I would think which would be giving them a lot more confidence going forward. To be able to help them give the confidence to win Wimbledon. 
On the men's side, though, they're still, I would say, they're definitely two favorites. Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer, as I mentioned, are both looking like the favorites on the men's side to play in the Wimbledon, There's Wimbledon finals. There isn't really a lot to talk about here. Because Djokovic is the one seed. He's been, a lot of people tout him the best men's tennis player for a very long time. So without a doubt, he is going to be... They're like, he, he's going to be there no matter what. Like, there's no question if Novak Djokovic is going to be there. And Roger Federer, just the same. So I feel like on the men's side, it's really not going to be a lot of... There's not going to be a lot of question around it, just based on the fact that the two people who they thought were going to be the favorites for this tournament are still in, and there hasn't been anything like an injury with Serena Williams that has really opened up the playing field a lot for these different these different teams. These different athletes, I mean, like these different solos. Now going in one of one of my most exci- one of the reasons I'm very excited for this is because come coming up next month we are going to be seeing the return of college football and just football in general. This is going to be our last month without having some type of football to watch, which makes me very happy. With that said, there are a lot of teams now. A big part of this is the um, recruiting full swing with a lot of these teams. Looking at just like ESPN and the experts of what they're looking for the recruiting classes so far, the top 10 are Alabama, obviously, Ohio State, Georgia. Clemson fell to four after losing Trevor Lawrence. They're still going to try to with their quarterback. The quarterback's going to be the biggest question for them, I think, without a doubt. Can they? I mean, obviously, they have, D, they have DJ, who is the backup. DJ Uagalia, I think is how you pronounce it, who is the was the backup for Trevor Lawrence. He came in and played a game whenever Trevor was out. So you have them at uh, Clemson 4, Oregon at 5, LSU at 6, Texas A&M at 7, USC was a pre- kind of a surprise for me at 8, Notre Dame at 9, and Florida Gators at 10. So that's your top 10 recruiting-wise. So I still think that a lot of the – well, obviously – more and more, the recruits matter because these kids, they're these these different athletes, not kids now, obviously, because now they're getting endorsements, so they're now technically, they're not technically amateur status. But I think, you no, know, without a doubt, these freshmen are coming in, even though they're young, they're still coming in built like they're able to already play, which is why we're seeing this rise of freshmen playing so much more. So without a doubt, I think that they're going to be playing well. I think that's going. They're going to these recruiting classes make an even bigger impact on these teams. With that said, WVU, another top team, is looking after starting after signing a four-star quarterback, a four-star left-handed quarterback. They're looking to have one of their strongest recruiting classes in over a decade. So for WVU in the Big Twelve, that being a Power Five conference, they've always been kind of like. They've always kind of been in the middle. Like they haven't really, they haven't really jumped up to take over the Big Twelve or really like. Like they've been a threat some years, but they haven't been like a significant threat where people like expect them to win it going in. But I think going forward, if they can keep this recruiting class together, that's a very, very highly talented recruiting class for WVU. I think that they can really make a big splash in the in the in the college football in the Big Twelve in general, but national rankings also having this big recruiting class something that and a lot of, and we haven't we haven't really seen in the. 2010s or now, but we'll hopefully be able to see more of in the 2020s going forward for WVU. So I think that's going to be big for them recruiting-wise when they're going to have to go up against teams like Oklahoma and Texas in this Oklahoma-Texas TCU in this upcoming college football season. With that said, this wraps up Season 2, Episode 44 of the Sports Run-On Podcast.